Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. It is a privilege and honor to be here to help celebrate this silver anniversary appreciation for two of the best people I know on this side of heaven. Doctor and First Lady and Will Carson. Y'all come on, give it up for them. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on now. Let's give God praise for God's finest. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen, I need somebody to make some noise, make some whistles. Can you whistle? Make some noise. Yeah, that, yeah. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Amen. Let them know that we support them. We're with them. They look wonderful today. Also, want to give God praise for this, uh, these pulpiteers here, these brethren that graces this rostrum here with Elder Harvey and Pastor Boyd and, and Dr. Dunbar there. Amen. It's a blessing to be here. I'm so excited. Amen. I know just what to do. And that is give God the praise. Also, thank God for my lovely wife of 35 years plus, Dr. Veronica B. Hallelujah. Yes. When a man founded a wife, he founded a good thing and obtained favor from the Lord. Now, you may not realize it, but I got favor on me because I got me a wife. Not just a woman or girlfriend, a wife. Amen. My good thing. So I thank God for her. And not only that, but, you know, it's really a blessing. I know it's rare uh, that my children are here with me uh, today. And uh, both were singing on the praise team, Myra and Jarius. Jarius, he normally don't be on there, but he was kind of fit in back up when the rest of them came in. But they work in the ministry with us. And so y'all give them a great big hand. Amen. It is rare. Well, I don't want to bore your patience today. I want you to come away with me. Uh, and I'm going to turn to a few scriptures. Uh, and our foundational scripture will be found in Second Chronicles 20 and 20. And I want to use for a subject today by way of a question and maybe a rhetorical question because maybe perhaps some of you already know what the answer is. And that is, what else can we do? I know you think you done done a whole lot, and you've been doing a whole lot, and you might have been here for the whole 25 years. And uh, I'm going to tell you this is a blessing because uh, for 25 years, uh, Dr. Wilcoxon and I have just been um, Conrad's, if you will. He's been like a spiritual father and everything else for the 25 years plus because I knew him before he came to New Piney Grove. Amen? Right. And uh, he has been the same. He and his lovely wife, they are so sweet. They are some wonderful people. And if you don't know that, uh, you still got time to know it. 
Amen. They're here in living color. All right. So Second uh, Chronicles 20th chapter. Let's do a little prayer here. Uh, may the words of God and his messages spoken this hour be brought a word of comfort and challenge. We pray that it will challenge those who are comfortable and comfort all those who are being challenged this day. Amen. All right. Second Chronicles. You got it? Verse 20 is where I want to go. And I'm not going to read the whole thing. But the question is asked, what else can we do? And what else can we do right here? Chapter 20, verse 20 says, believe in the Lord your God. So shall you be established. And believe his prophets. And so shall you prosper. There has been much teaching on the role of the pastor and his relationship to those God has placed in the local church under his authority. Throughout the Bible, uh, God's people are referred to as sheep. And sheep have a need of a shepherd to both feed and to tend their needs. Both the Hebrew and the Greek translation of shepherd can also be translated as pastors. And scripture says pastors or shepherds were given to the church as a gift. Now, if you don't believe it, go look up Ephesians 4.11. I won't turn there right now because I'm, I'm on a mission. The scripture divine, defines the duty of the shepherd slash pastor. Feed the flock. Strengthen the weak. Heal the sick. Bind up the brokenhearted. Bring back those who were driven away. And seek for the lost. And scripture identifies the role of the sheep under the care of the shepherd pastor. I want to give you some must for the sheep. Since, you know, I, I got your undivided attention here today. And, you know, and just nudge the one to them say, wake up for this right here. Now you got to wake up for this. That's a must for sheep. Amen. If you get up now, we already know you, you don't like what I'm saying, so you don't want to stay put. A sheep must know the voice of the shepherd. Now, you, you, you know, grade yourself today. Grade yourself. You don't have to grade nobody else. Secondly, sheep must follow the shepherd. Thirdly, sheep must eat what the shepherd feeds. And fourthly, the sheep must heed the warnings of the shepherd. Now make note of this. The shepherd can only lead if the sheep follow. Because you have some sheep, they're here, but they're not willing to follow. 
And most people refer to disobedient sheep as goats. And so next we also affirm that the role of the pastor slash shepherd is ordained not by man but by God. This office is established by God with the business of the church to fulfill the great commission through the pastor shepherd servant leadership. And when God wanted his people delivered from an oppressive Pharaoh, he used a shepherd leader named Moses. When God needed uh, Jerusalem's wall rebuilt, he used a shepherd leader by the name of Nehemiah. When he wanted his people to experience a golden era, he used a servant leader by the name of David. And when he wanted to build a temple, he used a servant leader by the name of Solomon. And when he needed a statesman prophet, he used a servant leader by the name of uh, Paul. And throughout history, whenever God has needed someone to initiate or organize and carry out an important project, he has called upon a servant leader. And I want to talk briefly about knowing how to demonstrate our appreciation toward our pastor and first lady in a biblical way. Because whether you know it or not, there are blessings, somebody shout blessings, that come with fulfilling the ministerial uh, purposes. You want your pastor and first lady to fulfill their ministerial purposes in the body of Christ. Why? Because it is a blessing to you. I got about two claps there, but I guess I'll be all right. You want them to fulfill what God has called them to do because it is a blessing to you. Most folk don't know that. That's why they cut up and act like a fool. Because they don't understand that it is a blessing for you, for them, uh-huh, to fulfill the ministerial purpose. Hallelujah. I'm glad Dr. Wilcox and Sister Ann, my friend. Hallelujah. Because they invited me. Now, let's go to Scripture. I, I'm talking, but I want to show you something. Hebrews 13 and 7. Let's go to the Amplified, you know, praise the Lord. That's, you know, that's one of those translations. But I want to go to the Amplified. I got a couple of more. Amen. Look what it says. Obey your spiritual leaders and submit to them, recognizing their authority over you. For they are keeping watch. Everybody say keeping watch. Over your souls and continually guarding. Everybody say guarding. Now I see here two things. They're keeping watch and they're guarding your spiritual welfare as those who will give an account of their stewardship of you. Let them do this with joy and not with grief and groans for this would be of no benefit to you. If they're not doing it with joy, it's not a benefit to you. You need to make sure that they're doing this with joy. 
Well, you didn't like that one. I'm going to give you an easy one. This is the easy to read version here. Hebrews 13 and 17. Stay right there. Here's the ERV. Listen to this. It says, obey your leaders. Be willing to do what they say. Uh-oh, we got a problem right there. They are responsible for your spiritual welfare. So that they are always watching to protect you. Obey them so that they work, their work will give them joy and not grief. Now listen to this. It won't help you to make it hard for them. Some folk, they are knowing it to come here to try to break it hard for the pastor. But it won't work in your favor. It won't help you to make it hard for them. You didn't like that one. I got one that y'all probably don't hear this one. It's called God's translation. God's, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. Now, listen to this. Same verse. Look what it says. Obey your leaders. This is GW. And accept their authority. They take care of you because they are responsible for you. Obey them so that they may do this work joyfully and not complain about you. Is your pastor and first lady complaining about you? Wait a minute, hold on, it's got some more at the end of it. Don't wait, hold before you turn it. Causing them to complain would not be to your advantage. There are so many pastors that are complaining about their sheep. And it's not to their advantage. Hallelujah. I can hear the air conditioning right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's a good thing I brought my own amen down on the inside. Because we can't even bury a few right about now. Hallelujah. <laughs> but I want, yeah, I want you to think about what I just said. So what is the biblical concept relating to the pastor? Because of the times in which we live in, we need to see the ministry of the pastor in the biblical approach. Many of God's people have a wrong concept toward the pastor giving him a title as an employee of the church. No, he isn't an employee. Others give him the title of a team manager because we should work as a team. No, he isn't a team manager. Others, others, we won't even mention what they call him. Now, if he's not all of these, who is the pastor? All right. All right. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, separated from being a husband, a father, 
a minister, a painter, a plumber, electrician, a chef, delivery man, etc. Who is he? The word of God talks to us of many leaders in service who were great models, but I would like to concentrate on King David. And it's really kind of ironic how we chose King David and we want to just use his name for short. If we did, it would be King Dave. And it's related to uh, Dave right here. Hallelujah. So King Dave, Dave, hallelujah. First, because he was a real shepherd. And second, because he had the heart of God. And let us see the Bible, what the Bible tells us in relationship to the pastor. And how God's people should answer toward the pastor. Number one, if you're writing, taking notes. Uh, what the pastor should be towards God's people. Now we understand, A, that David consulted God for his people. Alright? Now if you got your Bibles, you can just write it down. You don't have to turn. I'm going to read it for you. 1 Samuel out of NIV, verse 30, verses 1 through 1 and 2. It said, David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. And now the Amalekites had raided the cave and Ziglag, and they had attacked Ziglag and burnt it. And had taken captive the women and all who were in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. And so his enemies had taken their women, their children, and everything else. In how many cases has the enemy of our souls taken away the souls of God's people? David didn't react in his human nature. He consulted the Lord God. In verse 8 it says, And David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? So God gives him many victories to his people through his servant. If you drop down to verse 18 and 19, it said that David recovered everything the Amalekites had taken, including the two wives. Nothing was missing, young or old, boy or girl, plunder or anything else had taken. David brought everything back. Are y'all hearing me in here? And so you understand that he consults God for the people. If you have a true pastor after God's own heart, he will consult God for the people. I submit that we got Dave, David here that goes before God on the behalf of the people. Not only that, but we see David. Oh, I'm about to get happy now. Return God's people to his presence. In 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 1, David again brought, toward, brought together out of uh, Israel chosen men, 30,000 in all. He and all his men set out from Bela of uh, Judah. Judah. And to bring up from the ark of God, which is called by name, and the name of the Lord Almighty, who is enthroned between the cherubim that are on the ark. So we know that the ark symbolizes the presence of God. 
Can you imagine his enemies has taken it away from them? But Dave know the importance of God's presence among his people. And so the pastor will always seek ways to bring God's presence among his people. He will fast, he'll pray, he'll read, he'll study the word. Not because he's being paid. Not because he's being rewarded. Not because he knows the importance of the presence of the place. But he understands that God's people need to have the presence of God all the days of their life. If the presence of God is missing, David understand, Dave understand that the people of God need the presence of God in their I don't want to go anywhere where the presence of God is not. Can you say amen? Yes, it tells us in Psalms 102 and 18 that this shall be a written for a generation to come. And I believe that this is that generation. And the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. God is going to cause a people that will come together and don't worry about how folk look at them. But he's going to call a generation together that will give God the praise. Can you say amen? Now you may not know this, but your man of God before he became this great orator, before he became this great teacher, before he became this great pulpiteer, this great expositor, he was a praise leader. He praised God. You might not know it, but your pastor, Dave uh-huh, Wilcoxon, is a praiser. He understands about being in the presence of God. Now if you see any Anybody in the Bible that's ever done anything great, they were always a praiser. God's got a way of using people who will give him the praise, give him the glory, and bring his presence in. I don't hear nobody in here. But you understand that praise is seeking God. Worship is being found by him. And so the goal of praise is to create an atmosphere for the presence of God. And so praise and worship are related but very different activity and experiences. So praise is the, is initiated by us. Would you tell somebody and tell them, say, you got to pull the trigger and initiate praise. But after you do that, worship is God's response. So if you want God to come on the scene, you got to first pull the trigger and give him the praise. Worship is when God comes in after you have already responded to how good God has been in your life. I don't care who's sitting beside you don't act like, act like they're ready to go home. You already know that God been good to you and he didn't have to be this good to you. He could have called you home long time ago. But God has been good to you and the least you can do at this 2 o'clock service is Pull the trigger and give him a praise. Hallelujah. So praise is something that we do. Worship is something God releases. Praise is building a house for God. Worship is God moving in. And we need more uh-huh, in our services where God will move in. Some of these places, my God, you can tell that God done left a long time ago and he done put that finger up and he ain't coming back. But I'm telling you right here and right now, if you know that God been good to you, you ought to make the devil mad by giving God another level of praise in this house. 
in you. Some of y'all ain't got it yet, but let me, get, let me just share this with you. I'm, I'm going to move from this. But Psalm 16 and 11. Oh, I'm about to get happy. I want to read this. And thou will show me the path of life. Oh, God, I help you. Help us right now. Thou will show me the path of life. Psalm 16 and 11. I might not have gave it to the, the note taker. Because God just dropped it in me. I will show thee the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy. Some of y'all have read this already. And at thy right hand, oh, I feel like preaching now. There are, that's how the preacher, you know how the preacher started. Pleasures forevermore. Yes. Okay, now we're going to Okay, listen. All right. So now, look, it says, Thou, ooh, will show me the path of life. Isn't that awesome? God says, I will show you a photograph of your future. So some of y'all ain't got it yet. So I understand in the presence of God, there's what? Fullness. So in the presence of God is what? Come on now, you got to say, in the presence of God is what? Now what you got to understand is that praise is therapeutic. Because when I praise God, if there there's a, a heaviness in my life. If there's a depression in my life. As I begin to talk about the goodness of God. As I begin to talk about the blessings of God. As I begin to talk about the power of God. As I begin to talk about the willingness of God. As I begin to talk about the benefits of God. And when I begin to do that, something happens in my life. So what I do when something happens and the heaviness leaves me and the joy comes in its place. In the midst of that, God gives me a photograph of my tomorrow. Also, let me know that it, it may not look, uh, it may look bad right now. But tomorrow is going to be alright. So when you praise God, you understand that he gives you a photograph of your future. That it may not be good right now, but because I praise him now, when I look to my tomorrow, it's going to be all right. Some of you need a photograph of where God is taking you. You need a snapshot of what God is going to do in your life. And the only way you're going to get it is you got to give God the praise that he deserves. Okay, some of y'all don't want that. Okay, I'm going to take all yours. Hallelujah. So look at the person next to you and say, tomorrow is going to be all right. If I praise him now, tomorrow is going to be all right. Hallelujah. All right. So now, look, look at this. Not only that, I got to go. David looks for the good things in a person. 1 Samuel 22, verses 1 to 2. said, David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. And when his brothers and his father's household heard about it, they went down to him there. Verse 2 says, and all those who were in distress or in debt 
or discontented gathered around him. It's something about believing in your leader when you gather around him. So y'all, some of y'all, you, you, this, this is choking you. Mm-hmm. And he became their leader. About 400 men were with him. So now what the world despises what the world despises, the pastor got a way of receiving. He receives it. See, when everybody else only see negativity in individuals, the pastor sees the positive in that individual. Some of you, others would have gave up on you. But King Dave didn't give up on you. Hallelujah, Queen Hallelujah. And didn't give up on you. They stood right there and received you with all of your flaws. How dare you let anybody talk about somebody that was there for you and received your flaws. Because you know we all got them, you know. First Chronicles 11 and 10 says... These were the chiefs of David's mighty men. They, together with all Israel, gave his kingship strong support to extend it over the whole land as the Lord had promised. This is the list of David's mighty army. Now, you got to understand, those men, those 400 men, out of all of them that surrounded themselves, uh, surrounded David, they became chiefs, they became mighty men, and they gave him strong support. So everybody that was connected to David got blessed, got elevated, and all of them that was in debt, they got out of debt because they were connected to the man of God. Some of y'all go back and read this and say, I don't believe what he's saying. So what God's people, number two, what God's people should do toward the pastor. And I'll tell you what the pastor is going to do with the people. Now let me tell you what the people should do toward the pastor. It worked both ways. Reciprocal, you know. I, you, you, got, you got excited with me what he supposed to be doing, you know. You know, just, you know, uh, nursing you in all your mess and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm, like, tuck you with all your flaws and so forth and so on. But now let me see what we, we as a people supposed to be doing. First of all, the church should fulfill the desires of the pastor. See, now I'm, we're going to have some trouble already, Doc. I'm telling you right now. So the first thing is the church should fulfill the desires of the pastor. What? First Chronicles 11. Go back and look at it because I know you ain't taking no notes right now. Verse 16 to 19. It says, And that time David was in the, strong, in the stronghold, and the Philistines' garrison was at Bethlehem. David longed for water and said, Oh, that someone would give me a drink of water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So the three broke through the Philistine lines, drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. But he refused to drink it. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. God, God forbid that I should do this, he said. Should I drink the blood of these men who went at the risk of their lives? 
Because they risked their lives to bring it back, David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty men. Now watch this. David did not verbally ask for it, nor did he request it verbally. It was a desire that just came within him. But those that were close to him were able to hear his desire. Have you been around them long enough, 25 years, to just hear their desire? Well, I tell you what, this, we, we need to be preaching to the whole world today. They heard his desire. They risked their lives to fulfill the desire of their pastor. And how many times that the pastor does have a personal desire and how do we go about in fulfilling that desire? Now, I'm going to just tell you something. Before the day's out, listen, you're going to be challenged about something. I'm going to tell you what the challenge is. So just keep that in mind. Now, secondly, they fight the spiritual battle for the, per for the pastor. First, the church should fulfill the desires of the pastor. And then, secondly, they fight the spiritual battles for the pastor. I know you ain't heard nothing like this in your life. So 2 Samuel, verse 21 and 16, 17, it said, And Ishbi Benad, one of the descendants of Rapha, whose bronze spearhead weighed 300 shekels and who was armed with a new sword, said he would kill David. But Abishai, the son of Zeruah came to David's rescue and he struck the Philistine down and killed him. Then David's men swore to him saying, never again will, we, will, will, will you go out with us to battle so that the lamp of Israel will not be extinguished. So the enemy was going to kill the pastor. But Abishai, one of David's mighty men, came to his help and struck the Philistine down and killed him. How many times have you seen your pastor down and being struck down by the enemy and you have to come to his rescue? So the lamp of Israel not be extinguished. You don't ever want the light of this house to ever go out because the enemy came in and struck your pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, he didn't like that one. Here's another thing. Sheep, listen to me. Never permit. We are not to permit for anyone, nobody, to curse the pastor. Second Samuel, I'm still in Samuel. Chapter 16, verse 5. As King David approached Bahurim, 
a man from the same clan as Saul family came out from there. His name was Shimei, son of Gera. He cursed as he came out. We should not let anybody criticize, murmur, nor talk bad about the pastor and first lady. We are supposed to always be ready to defend them at any moment. Are you hearing me? There in that ninth verse says, Then Abishai, son of Zeruah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. That is serious business. You don't mess with my pastor or his wife. And I don't care who you are. I'm not over here at New Pineapple, but you don't mess with Dr. Wilcoxon and Ann Wilcoxon on my watch. Hallelujah. So I got to close now. I made you mad. Upset. So how are we responding toward our pastor and first lady? Is our conduct according to the word of God? Or do we have somewhere else in our ear? Because whoever has your ear has your future. If it's someone from the Busy Bee Club, Busy Body Club, they got your ear, they got your future. If there's someone from the elders board or the deacons board or even another preacher that got your ear against your pastor, then they got your future. I don't care if they got a title. I don't care how long they've been somewhere. I don't care how much money they got. You don't let anybody put anything in your ear against your man and woman of God. So I leave here with the question, what else can we do? Well, I'm glad you asked. Well, if you are committed mm -hmm, and you have been doing what you're supposed to do, then keep on doing what you've been doing because that's all they want you to do. If you've been doing what you're supposed to do, keep on doing it. Well, what, is, what are you asking me, Bishop? Well, keep on praying. Keep on studying the Word of God. Keep on believing. Keep on attending church. I don't know what happened, but look like folk feel like they don't have to come to church. But you got to keep on coming, and you got to keep on following. I don't care if somebody else said, well, I ain't following no more. I ain't going down. I'm not listening. You keep on following because there's a blessing for you in the end. Keep on trusting and keep on obeying because the obedient child always get the blessing. I don't care who's not obeying. You keep on obeying the word of God because if you keep on obeying, you are sure to get 
the blessing. Now, keep on learning. My God, I know King Dave as a teacher. All he wants you to do is have it for the love of learning. Now, if you don't do anything else, keep on learning from the words that's coming out of his mouth. Uh, keep on loving uh, and keep on seeking uh, and keep on hoping uh, and keep on fasting uh, and keep on living uh, and keep on help helping uh, and keep on serving uh, and keep on blessing somebody else uh, and keep on witnessing. Uh, I don't care who's not open their mouth. You keep on doing what you're supposed to do. Uh, Look down your row and tell everybody, keep on doing uh, what God has already charged you to do. Uh, keep on telling the truth. Uh, keep on teaching the word. Uh, keep on preaching God's word. Uh, keep on giving. Uh, I don't care who's not giving. You keep on giving. Uh, and keep on giving God the praise. Uh, because when praise go up, uh, blessing come down. Uh, keep on sowing. Uh, and keep on dancing. Uh, don't let nobody take your dance. Uh, keep on rejoicing. Uh, and keep on standing. Uh, if you gotta stand by yourself, uh, stand still and see the sound salvation of the Lord. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, what else can we do? Uh, keep on believing on the Lord your God uh, and you shall be established. Uh, in other words, you will have a foundation. Uh, in other words, you'll stand on something solid. Uh, I cannot help but be on your teaching uh, because I'm still established because of his teaching. Uh, I'm on something solid because of your teaching. Uh, and not just your teaching but the life that you're living before me. Huh? You are not just talking about it, but you're being about it. Huh? You are not just saying it, but you're living God's word. Huh? Can you shout glory? Huh? What else can we do? Huh? Keep on believing huh? his prophets. Huh? So shall you prosper. Uh, if you want to prosper, believe on God's prophet. Uh, King David is a prophet. Uh, and if you believe on his prophet, uh, the Bible say you shall prosper. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, I don't know anybody in here uh, that don't like to prosper. Uh, I know you don't like to talk about prosperity. Uh, and you talk against those prosperity preachers. Uh, and I know we can go too far to the right huh? or too far to the left huh? but you gotta have a balanced life huh? I come to tell you new piney grove huh? you can't bless nobody and you're broken then jump by the ten commandments huh? can you say amen huh? you gotta have something in order to go out fishing huh? you gotta have bait you gotta have worms huh? now how you gonna get the worms huh? where you gonna get the worms from huh? can you say amen Amen. Uh, in order to have something, you gotta might get something, you gotta have something. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, so I'm glad we serve the God uh, that will see to our needs. Uh, can you say amen? Uh, he supply all my needs. Uh, touch somebody and say, He supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. My daddy is rich. He's not a peasant. He's not my God somebody that's got his hand out as a beggar. He owned the cattle on a thousand hills. My God is rich in houses and land. I am 
somebody. Look at somebody and say, I am somebody. And you are somebody. Because we got royal blood flowing through our veins. Can you say amen? And I'm living, I'm living this life to live again. You think we're living all right down here? I can't hardly wait to see what God has in store for me. Shout yeah! Yeah! I'm glad I'm going to my seat now. But I done done what I supposed to do. If you don't take up your assignment, you are going to be the one that miss out. But I thank God today that if I do what God say, it's a benefit to me that they don't do it with grief. It's a benefit for me if you do it with joy. It's a benefit for me when I see a smile on your face. It's a benefit for me when I talk to you on the phone and you say you won't have to worry about me. It's a benefit for me that y'all don't have to complain about me. What that be doing down there now? He done lost his mind. But you don't have to worry about me. It was Jesus when you met me. And it's going to be Jesus when I'm gone. It's Jesus, Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. What you want to know it's all about? It's Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus in the morning. Jesus in the noonday. Jesus late at night. It's all about Jesus. Slap somebody high five. And say, it's all about Jesus. Yeah. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Everybody stand. Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.